Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. Of all of the books in the Bible, Revelation is quite unique in the way it reveals things. John told us himself that this is a book of signs. But these signs often conveyed not just future events of prophecy, but the basic items of the Christian faith as well. Among the basic and fundamental signs it gives us is to show God to us in his Trinity. Ron Kangas has joined us again as we look at the triune God as he's revealed in the book of Revelation. A little different view than we're used to, I think, Ron. Welcome back. Good to be back. Ron, today we want to see something very basic in the Christian life, and that is how the triune God is revealed in these pages. The first few chapters give us a look. Chapter 1, verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, he who is and who was and who is coming, the Almighty. In chapter 5, verse 6, it says, And I saw in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders a lamb standing as having just been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And then in Revelation 1 again, verses 4 and 5, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is coming and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has released us from our sins by his blood. Ron, a lot of other verses in this book help to reveal the triune God. Maybe you could say a little bit about how we see him in these verses. When we come to the subject of the triune God, we are surely on sacred ground. And we, these tiny humans, are trying our best sincerely based upon the scriptures, to speak concerning the ever-existing, self-existing, unique, true, and living triune God. He is revealed with the intention of dispensing himself, working himself in us, in our spiritual experience, that we would become his corporate expression, the body of Christ consummating in the new Jerusalem. Well, we have some very clear references to the three persons of the Godhead, and then we have some that need a little enlightenment to really get into them. I think we'll get some help here as we go through this first portion. Here's Witness Lee. In this book of Revelation, we have the ultimate and complete revelation of who God is. First of all, this book tells us again and again our God is the almighty God. 
and he is also the one who is, and the one who was, and the one who is coming. This is the right meaning of the name Jehovah. Jehovah in Hebrews means I am that I am. And this I am means number one, he is being, he is existence. He is the one that exists. He is the one that exists from eternity to eternity. Not only so, he is the one that is everything in the positive sense. He is this, he is that, he is everything. He is the life, he is the light, he is everything, every positive thing is he. I am that I am, he is the great I am. I am not only indicates that he exists, I am also indicates that he is everything. Do you like uh, the light? He is the light. Are you short of life? He is the life. Do you want to have the holiness? He is the holiness. He is every passive thing. He is everything. His name is that I am. His name is that he is. He exists and he is everything. This is our God. Yet, it's impossible for us to understand this triune God to the utmost. Our God is triune. He's God the Father, He's God the Son, and He's God the Spirit. Now, in this book, the sequence of the triune God is not in the order of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. In this book, the sequence has changed. The Father, the Spirit, and the Son. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, clearly tells us the Father first, the Spirit, then the Son. Why in this book the Spirit comes to be the second in the divine trinity? Because in this book, the age has been changed. The age has been changed from the Son to the Spirit. Ron, to me, this is very interesting. In the first chapter of Revelation, the verses we read, and then as we just heard them repeated, we have to say that the three of the Godhead are clearly seen, but the order is different than we're used to. seems like it's been changed from how they're typically revealed in uh, Matthew or the other Gospels. We've become accustomed, I think, to thinking in terms of Father, Son, and Spirit in that order as if it were a biblical prescription that is somehow sacrosanct. But it's not quite that simple, is it? It's not that simple at all because we may say with respect, the New Testament revelation is not simplistic. Of course, 
in Matthew 28. The Lord said all authority in heaven and on earth had been given to him. Therefore, he charged the apostles to disciple the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We treasure this sequence. We often refer to this sequence because the Lord himself articulated it and related it to our practice of immersing new believers into the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But God is not writing a systematic theology. This is in the fallen, natural human mind to construct such. And that kind of mind may just assume this is the formula. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have to stick to the formula. But God is living. He's not bound by human formulas and systems. So in Revelation 1, the order is changed. The first is a reference to the Father, the one who is, who was, and who is coming. Then, instead of a reference to the Son, to Christ, you have the seven spirits who are before God's throne. And then you have quite a rich unveiling of the Son in relation not only to his person, but to his work and his ministry. So that is the fact. The sequence is different. So we are doing our best with an open spirit and a loving heart and a humble attitude by the Lord's mercy to inquire of the Lord. Why is there a change in order here? So what we offer is our present spiritual understanding. In other portions in Revelation, as we may see, there's a strong emphasis on the seven spirits of God, what we call the sevenfold intensified spirit. And this, number seven, is for completion in God's move. So we may suggest this is open for fellowship, of course, and adjustment, of course, that the reason for the change in order is because there is a change in emphasis, that Revelation is a book of intensification of the triune God in Christ operating in an intensified way, and the Spirit is the practical application of this intensified operation. That may be why the sequence is changed. But whether or not that understanding is something that our listeners might readily accept, we have to face the fact the order is different. As revealed by the Lord himself, there must be a reason for this. So let's join together in seeking the Lord to know the reality embodied in these verses. Ron, there's a theology, maybe, I don't know, the most popular theology that presents what is typically thought of as, quote, the third person of the Trinity or the Spirit as being somehow a lesser part of the Godhead. And furthermore, even uh, somehow separate from Christ, 
the person of Christ and the person of God. But the whole matter of the relationship between the three within the Godhead is an enormous topic, and it's one that can be fraught with difficulty. So I think it'd be good if you could, in a simple and even an experiential way, help our listeners to have a proper and balanced understanding. Uh, I'll try, Chris. That's all I can say. Let me just present a summary of the basic revealed truth. There is one and only one true and living God. This God is and is revealed as triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All three are God. All three are eternal. All three exist at the same time. All three coexist at the same time, and all three co-inhere simultaneously. That is, they dwell in one another. The Lord mentioned this in John 14, the Father is in me, I'm in the Father. So this is a summary of the truth. There is no basis in the New Testament to separate the Father from the Son, or the Son from the Spirit, or the Spirit from the Father and the Son. Separation, whether it's in concept, or speaking, or in teaching, that leads to tritheism. You cannot separate the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They are one. They coexist. They co-inhere. Yes, they are distinct. They are distinct, but not separate. To this, we need to add, honestly, a complicating factor in Revelation. It's very clear from the context of chapter 1, the seven spirits are not seven angels. They cannot be ranked with the Father and Son in the Godhead. The seven spirits refer to the one spirit intensified sevenfold. But in chapter 5, verse 6, The lamb has seven eyes, and the seven eyes are the seven spirits. But in chapter 4, verse 5, the seven spirits are seven lamps burning before the throne. So the seven spirits, are they the lamps burning before the throne? Or are they the eyes of the lamb who is on the throne? We have to say both are. But I emphasize Revelation 5, 6. The seven spirits that is, the Spirit, the third of the Godhead, are the eyes of the Son, the second of the Godhead. Now, try to systematize this. But I would give an honest warning. Don't avoid this. Don't deny this. Let this truth affect your systems. There's a mystery here. It's revealed, yet it remains a mystery. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, distinct but not separate. Yet the Spirit, the seven spirits, are the eyes of the Lamb. This is the triune God in Revelation. And we appeal to our listeners that the triune God in Revelation would also become the triune God in your spiritual understanding and spiritual experience. Otherwise, you're not fully faithful to the divine revelation.
Ron, these verses in chapters 1, 4, and 5 not only reveal that the Spirit in this book is listed second in order in the Godhead, but something else has been changed regarding the Spirit. Chapters 1 and 4 tell us that there are seven spirits who are before his throne. These seven spirits reappear in chapter 5, but now they have seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Let's join Witness Lee once again. In the four Gospels, the Spirit of God was one-fold. By that time, it didn't need so much light. But when the church got degraded, then there is the need of the Holy Spirit intensified, sevenfold. So the one Spirit of God became the seven spirit. It doesn't mean seven separate spirit, but one spirit, sevenfold, intensified. The Holy Spirit is one. But in function, the Holy Spirit is seven. So he is the seventh spirit of God for God's move. This seventh spirit of God are the seven eyes of the Lamb. The eyes are for moving. You know, the eyes are not only for seeing, but also for watching and observing and also for what? Transfusing. When Christ looks at you with his seven eyes. Firstly, the seven eyes may scare you to death. <laughs> but eventually, I tell you, the seven looking eyes uh, will transfuse what Christ is into you. Amen. You will be transfused with Christ's being through his looking at you by his seven eyes. Do you consider that your two eyes are a separate person from yourself? Ridiculous to say this. The eyes are the person. My two eyes are me. When I look at you, it means my eyes look at you. Hallelujah. The Spirit is the eyes of Christ. Looking at us. Hallelujah. Ron, I thought this last point, equating the seven spirits with the seven eyes of Christ, really helps us to understand. The seven spirits here are all about the Lord's intensification in these, the final days. What does it mean that uh, he is intensified in these days? We are talking about the operation of the triune God in carrying out his eternal purpose and fulfilling his economy. We're not talking about the essential trinity in the eternal Godhead. Revelation, the book, addresses serious degradation in the churches then and now. You just read carefully chapters 2 and 3 which speak not only of the seven churches in Asia in the first century, but are what we call a prophetic history that covers the entire age of the church. And when there is degradation caused by the enemy, which is seriously interfering 
with the fulfillment of God's purpose. The Lord reacts by intensifying himself economically and thereby intensifying his work both inwardly and outwardly. So the spirit in this book is a spirit of intensification, and it is this intensified spirit that is able to conquer and enable the faithful believers to conquer any and all forms of degradation. So the degradation in the eyes of God requires an economical intensification, no change in the Godhead, but a dispensational change in the degree of intensity in the operation of the triune God. Well, so far we've seen God the Father as he's revealed in Revelation, and also how God the Spirit is depicted in this book as being sevenfold and intensified. But we've yet to look at Christ the Son as we see him in Revelation. So let's go back to Witness Lee. Now we come to the sight. The firstborn of the dead. We all have to know in the whole universe... God has two categories of creation. The creation by his first work and the creation by his second work. We all know the creation by God's first work, but not many of us do know God's creation by his second work. The second work is resurrection. God firstly created all the existing things. Secondly, God resurrected some of the existing things and bring them into another sphere, another realm, in the realm of resurrection. Aha. Uh-huh. Our body still remains God's first creation, but we do have a part as God's second creation. That is our spirit. Our spirit has been regenerated. And regenerated means what? Remade. Recreated. Our physical body belongs to God's first creation, but Our regenerated spirit belongs to God's second creation. Colossians 1 says, Christ, he is the firstborn among all creatures. And here it says, he is the firstborn of the dead. He was the first one that resurrected from the dead. And we are the following ones. In God's first creation, there was a start. In God's second creation, in resurrection, there's another start. Hallelujah. When we got regenerated, we got the start. The new start in God's second creation, which is something resurrected from the dead. And Christ is the firstborn of this second creation. Ron, we read this phrase to begin uh, today in chapter 1, verse 5. Christ, 
the firstborn from the dead. This is a wonderful phrase, and it's a phrase that's full of meaning and expression, particularly in light of God's economy. Why is it such a wonderful description of Christ Jesus? The word firstborn clearly implies that others would be born. So Christ being the firstborn son clearly indicates there will be many other sons. According to Hebrews 2, God is leading many sons into glory. So for Christ to be the firstborn from the dead, the one who said, I am the living one, behold, I became dead, and now I'm living forever and ever, and I have the keys of death and Hades, this term firstborn from the dead, assures us that no matter what happens to those who are faithful to the end, they offer their testimony of the resurrected Christ. Death will be vanquished. Paul calls it the last enemy. Christ is not the only one to be resurrected from the dead. All the believers will be resurrected. The victorious believers will have what Paul calls the out-resurrection, the resurrection of reward and victory. This simple designation, firstborn from the dead, assures us that whether we live to be raptured live, to see the Lord when he comes, or whether we will finish our course and sleep in Jesus, as the scripture says, death will not hold us. Our Christ has the authority over death in Hades. Like him, we will rise again. We will have a transfigured, resurrected body, Paul says in Philippians 3, like his glorious body. Praise the Lord that our Lord is in fact the firstborn from among the dead. Well, we've had in some of our previous life studies a chance to look at this matter a bit. The marvel of the new creation, God in Christ becoming human, human flesh, and taking the old creation and adding to it the element of his divinity. And the combination of these two is this marvelous new creation. There's a lot to look forward to, Ron, as we dive into this life study of Revelation. Thanks very much for being with us today. Please accept our invitation to come back again. I gladly accept it. Well, that's all the time we have. We do, though, have time to give you our toll-free number and invite you to call us. Of course, uh, we have the printed Life Study volumes of this book available. We can tell you how to get it if you'll contact us. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. You can also write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California. 92814 or send email to radio at lsm.org For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.